podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tick tack. Tick tack. Tick tack. Mbappe to Real Madrid confirmed. Chris Khan in the mud. We go again. It's time for Khan. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, welcome, LFC Day Trippers community. Welcome, any other football clubs community. It's a somber day for Liverpool fans as the dream is finally over. Matisse, stop laughing. <laughs> the dream, the dream is, is, is finally over with, uh, you know, enough the confirmation that Mbappe is off to Real Madrid. But we go again and we have an absolute mouthwatering game to look forward to on the weekend. Um, and to help me go through it all, what a cast, what a cast. First and foremost, the man's back, Mr. Avi himself from California, missed last week. Guess what? The intro we mashed up last week without you, you're back and you still mashed it up. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's part, of, part and parcel of the fun. How you doing? How was your break? Yeah, it was a good break. It was a good break. Um, I was expecting some transfer news, but unfortunately, nothing. So, but no, it's um, I'm I'm happy to be back on Thursday. Uh, I was I watched part of your show last week. I saw the intro again. Um, but look, Conway done really well. A brilliant uh, deputy. Um, he was better than me. And yeah, good oh, to be yeah, back. Yeah. And, and so say all of us. Yeah, <laughs> so say all of you. And it's good to be joined with um, joined by uh, obviously Conor, my co-host, who we'll be sorting out our show afterwards for tomorrow. And you want to do the introduction to Matisse? Because I know he's your guy from Big Six and whatnot on Friday. Well, now everyone knows Matisse, me and Matisse. Um, we're, the, we're, the, we're the real football guys on the Big Six, you know, but that's why I had to bring him on. You know, he's, 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 probably, he's probably the only Chelsea fan that I can talk to for more than five minutes without wanting <laughs> to go through the screen and smash up. Oh, and Connor, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget, I'm sat no, right here, eh? No, 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 no. Of course, and Connor. But guys, guys, Matisse, welcome, man. Nice one. Thanks for coming on again. Absolute pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, you can you can move swiftly past that Mbappe thing and hopefully the, the chat don't get onto you and we, we move into the big game because it's a massive, massive game. For me, it's two, two teams that I think are just so evenly matched. I think it's, it's a proper clash, this one. I'm looking forward to it. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Even though it's game week three, lads, I don't know how you feel, um, but... I done a preview at lunchtime, and and the and, and the feeling was that this seems so important and pivotal already, especially and people underestimate um, sort of in terms of what this can do for a team's mentality. Obviously, the team that wins, obviously the team that loses, and if you draw, then yeah, it's as much of a muchness. But a win for either team really lays down a marker. Con, I want to come to you first. And just, just, just give me your thoughts. How are you feeling going into this game? Um, you know, on the back of sort of beating us last season, but then, you know, the duck and horse beat us last season at home. Do you know what I mean? It's everyone beat us last season. How do you feel going into this week, weekend's game? Um, 
the crowd back, obviously your way crowd back, both teams seemingly at full strength. How are you feeling, bro? I mean, in a word, I'd probably say optimistic. And it's difficult to say any reason why we wouldn't be. You know, we're in an excellent position. We've had an excellent window, I think. You know, I think our window has mainly been about fine-tuning the squad and getting rid of that excess sort of deadwood that we had knocking about. We've done that to some extent. We've definitely finished the sort of jigsaw by bringing in that focal point centre forward with Lukaku and we saw what he could do last week. You know, the, the squad is in a strong position having won the, the Champions League over, over the summer and the Super Cup just recently. And I think that does more for the sort of mental state of the side more, more than anything else. You know, they have that sort of invincibility factor. You know, they feel like they can't be beaten. I know the Champions League, it's, it's a cup competition, so it's a, a very different dynamic to a, to a league situation. But um, yeah, I feel optimistic about the state of our squad. I feel optimistic about our form. Um, but I mean, we're coming up against a pretty stern test in you guys, both of us in very similar form, excellent defensive records. So it'll be a really tight game and that can't really be denied. But yeah, very excited and, and looking forward to it. It's, you know, you mentioned the word excitement. Um, and it's true, it's... it's even though I've, even though I framed it, and a lot of people will say it's it's, it's sort of pivotal and it's important, but it's it's excitement, Matisse, right? Are you excited as well as being obviously the nerves are the nerves? There'll always be nerves for a, in a big game, but is do you sense a sense of excitement as a, from a Chelsea point of view, like what you've done, what you've achieved last season, the signings, and then you're going into this season? Is it a sense of excitement more than fear or nervousness? Yeah, it's got it's got to be excitement for me because it's it's so early in the season as well. So it's it's one of those games where it's a massive clash, but it's an opportunity to, like you said, stake your marker and, and prove yourself. And you know, we we have a good record against big teams under Tuchel. You know, last towards the back end of last season, we obviously uh, managed to go to Anfield and get a win, which was a big win for our City. We've had them wrapped up um, many a time now, like at the end of last season as well. So and then you add Lukaku into it. I mean, that Lukaku versus Van Dijk clash already that's that's mouthwatering do you know what I mean that's two players in their prime complete in their position going up against each other which is going to be brutal combat um and I'm looking forward to that as well so we you know we I think two both the teams are so evenly matched that you can only really be excited for this game because like you said it's an opportunity to just show what you can do and whoever wins this match they're going to feel like you know the whole the whole weight of the world is going to be off their shoulders because they're going to be, you know, they're going to get that first little edge over the other title contenders. So I think the title and everything is just very, very evenly balanced between us, us two and Man City this season. Just with, yeah. the, I just want to butt in here, Grizz. I just want to talk about Lukaku Matisse. Obviously mm. the two years at Inter Milan, he's been phenomenal. I think it's done, I think it's done him the world of good. I think if it was a Lukaku who sort of had stayed on at the Premiership with the United, I don't think he would fancy his chances against Van Dijk. I think now, because he's mm. a, become a complete player, he redefined himself, um, got himself in some really good shape in Italy under Conte and whatnot. And a similar style to what Chelsea sort of implement now in the Tuchel. Do you think he'd yeah. fancy his chances, especially with Van Dijk coming in third game? Do you think he really fancies his chances? Because we saw what he did in the Milan derby this season. And here's one mm. thing that I thought he always lacked was that little bit of arrogance. Um, but we saw with Ibra, that little battle that they had. And he, he you know, he safe self-proclaimed himself as the king of Milan. I think he needed that in his game as well to go to that yeah. next level. And I think he's now ready to step up. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, um, Matisse. He, I, I must say, he is extremely confident. 
extremely confident in himself. Like this is a guy that thrives off of emotion. You know, you see it, whether it's on social media, whether it's the relationship with Conte, um, the guy thrives off of emotion. He's a very emotional player and he is so confident right now. Every single time he's done an interview, something with the press, because it's been a busy week last week, press-wise, obviously being Chelsea's record signing, um, he he's he's always spoken like a man that is very assured of what he's capable of and his own ability. And I think going to Italy is very much roughed around the edges of his game. You know, you look at his hold-up play now, his first touch is, is very solid. He can run the channels in behind. He can win, um, you know, headers. He almost scored a header there the weekend against Arsenal. Um, and obviously his finishing has never really been in question. So when you have a track record like him, when you're in the peak physical condition like he is, and you're in your prime, you can only be coming in with that attitude. So that's why I say, I see, I see a lot of the chat, you know, Matty and Van Dijk going to have him up. But um, like I said, be very, very aware of this guy because he's come here with a chip on his shoulder after all the um, the slander May United fans seem to give him. And he's not he's not playing about this season at all. You can see it already. And, and we've we've seen that again, Connor, haven't we, with De Bruyne going off to Wolfsburg, coming back to City, you know, ex-Chelsea player. We've seen it with Salah. You know, Chelsea player didn't work out, went off to Fiorentina, then Roma, came back. Do you feel Lukaku's in that same boat as well? Like, he's still got... Like, for me, what he did at West Brom, Everton... United, his goal-scoring record wasn't great, but I just thought he still got the goals. And I think the Jose stuff was, you know, he's made to look like a scapegoat at United, which was which was a bit unfair. But do you feel that he has that chip in the shoulder, considering that he has got a really good goal-scoring record in the Premiership previously? Yeah, and I think these are, we have to bear in mind, these are professionals at the very apex of their game. You know, any kind of setbacks are going to push them on further. And, and that's going to be exacerbated in players that are so mentally driven um, like Lukaku, like De Bruyne, like Salah, these elite level players. You know, we've seen it with, we use De Bruyne as an example. I think it's clear to me that I know he's an exceptional player in sort of every game, but against Chelsea, it seems like he elevates his game. You know, this guy bags goals against us consistently, puts in elite tier performances against us consistently, and you can't blame him for that. And I think the same thing has happened with Lukaku. You know, you can see it in the way he carries himself. As Matisse expressed, I think he's a very mentally driven player. He's driven on emotion. Uh, and I think that was partially the reason that he didn't do so well at United. He came into a dressing room that had Pogba in there, that had Ibrahimovic in there, you know, big characters. And maybe he didn't quite feel like he was ready to sort of, I don't know, grasp He had a bit that. of chubby cheeks about him as well, didn't he? He looked fat. Yeah. He looked overweight. Yeah, Let's not yeah. be around the bush here. He looked overweight, I mean, didn't he? Yeah, there were nutritional problems in there, there definitely. You know? And then there was the whole sort of social media ridicule. I mean, I remember seeing some sort of disaster compilations that were like garnering massive, massive views of his first touch and that sort of thing. You know, and that sort of, sort of stuff is bound to have an effect on a player. By him going to Milan, being that sort of focal point, being the big character in the dressing room, I honestly feel like the the reunion at Chelsea where he's come back into the dressing room with lots of young players where he can be that that vocal leader uh, is really going to elevate his game and, and show us a completely different side to the Lukaku we saw at United. Do you know what? You make a very good point about him in terms of him being the, the, the leader of the attack at Inter. And it wasn't the case at sort of Man United, as you said, there were sort of other players there that sort of, and he felt, you know, I don't know how he felt, like we, we can only speculate, sorry, how he felt. And it wasn't quite the move for him. Um, you know, it was Jose, wasn't it, at the time in charge? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's two ways things can go with Jose. Like proper tits up and proper, you know, he can become top of the world. There's no mm. in between. And it yeah. seemed like the other way for Lukaku. But Matisse, he went away to Inter 
and, and as you guys have alluded to, became the leader of the attack for Inter Milan under under a manager who's pr- pretty similar in terms of work ethic and, and, and style, would you say to Jose? Um, you know, again, but he's, he, he evolved his game. What mm. would you say are the differences in his game, the, the, the improvements he's made in his game that you see or you've noticed what, before his, uh, compared to his time at United? I think the the big the two big things for me, obviously, the physical condition, which we touched on because he was overweight was at massive. United, massively, yeah. you know, he was he was not in good shape at all. Um, but also that, that first touch is huge because against Arsenal, we were fizzing balls into him, you know, um, into the into in between the, the lines of the of the defence between midfield and, and the defence. And he was holding the ball up, dropping deep, linking up play, just doing everything that you want a target man to do. Um, holding off defenders. We know he's got that little trick of his where he likes to spin a man and run him behind. But he was really good to play off. And um, that was something that was very important for me because we know Lukaku can run him behind. He's done that at Everton. He did it at West Brom. He did it um, at times at United when he was when he was maybe able to. Um, but he would be able to run him behind, get on his left foot and slow it in. But to actually hold up the ball, which is very important if you're going to play up front on your own, you need to be able to, you know, let the ball stick like glue. You need to be able to, to be a vacuum. And that's what he was against Arsenal. Now, to be fair, Arsenal have probably, you know, the, the perfect defensive oh, yeah, yeah. lineup for that. him. <laughs> hand pick. Great yeah. game, isn't it? First yeah. Time. yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Mari and um, Holding, it doesn't really get much better than that in terms of players that you can, you know, completely dominate. Now, coming up against Matip and, and Van Dijk is what I expect it to be. That's a different test. So that's why I'm so excited because it's going to be a massive test for him. But also just, again, just a test for for everyone. I think Liverpool, obviously, last time we played them at Anfield, we, we, we did win. Um, but I've spoken about it many times before, the, the players that are missing. So it's going to be interesting to go up against a full-strength, you know, popping Liverpool team. And the same for Chelsea now off the back of a Super Cup win, two wins in the Premier League as well. Both teams got loads of confidence. And um, for me, as long as we as long as we are versatile with Lukaku, we don't just try the same thing over and over again, which I think is key. If we see that Van Dijk has got him sorted in behind in terms of the runs, then we get some crosses into the box. If they're really cool, then we try and see if we can do some hold up play. There's a lot of variety to to his game, but also Van Dijk is quite a complete defender, so it's it's going to be a challenge for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to. Sorry, sorry, Conconor. Uh, no, I was going to say that's the that's the question on everybody's lips. Is that no, you know, that duel between the two of them? And what's interesting is, yeah, who's going to come out on top? They're very, very well matched physically. The two of them, Van Dijk and Lukaku. So, who do you two think that is going to come on top? Well, no, no, I was going to, I was going to come to that battle, but I was going to just quickly address Oliver's message at once, and he says the match, the match result means nothing. This is media talk we are conditioned to repeat. Losing three points at this stage of the season is insignificant. City lost to Spurs. Are they out? Come on now. Avi, I want you to give your opinion on Oliver's opinion, who seems to think the result means nothing. No, I disagree with that because you've got to lay down a marker. You've got to remember Chelsea came to Anfield, albeit a very weakened Liverpool team who didn't have any confidence. And, you you know, you beat us 1-0 to a Mason Mount goal. You've got to lay down the marker, Grizz, and you've got to remember, like, you know, Thomas Tuchel, Jürgen Klopp, both Germans, both know each other very well, both had similar sort of journeys from Mainz to Dortmund and then so on and so forth. So I think it is important. I think it's important that we sort of, there's this narrative that's going around the media and especially after those pundits at a certain sort of corporation, I don't want to name them, 
had us finishing third, fourth, fifth even. You know, I think we've got to shut a few people up. We work in silence, but I think if we beat everyone on Saturday, if we beat Chelsea on Saturday, you know, confidence will be up. And I think a lot more people will start noticing, you know what, Liverpool aren't out of it. Only because we finished third last season, you know, a depleted team that finished third, it was still a good achievement considering what the issues that we had. So if we come on Saturday at 5.30 and beat Chelsea, you know, come full time, then, you know, everyone will start watching and looking and say, look, you know what, Liverpool are serious business again with the sort of same sort of set of players that we've got without Absol- sort of purchasing. Absolutely. I think Chris sums it up. Look, it's, it's good to lay down a marker early, but it's not season defining. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, we all agree that it's not defining. We didn't try to hype it up in terms of this is, you know, the game that decides the, 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 the fate of the title. But in my opinion, it definitely, you know, lays down a marker. It definitely gives the team Great confidence. Can you imagine, Connor, you guys going up to Anfield and getting a result? It, it just totally, totally. And, and you know what? Do you guys see the d- similarities? Like, Madiz, you guys talked about winning the Champions League, mm. right? Um, looking to improve. You won the Super Cup like we did as well. Yeah. Right? So the, 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 confidence, the, the confidence of winning trophies is back. Yeah. And it's running through your veins. And that's huge. Like huge. We, we, we we felt that, right, Avi? Like on last season when we won the Champions League. But it's never gone away from Chelsea, though. Sorry, you came in, he, okay, you won the Europa League, but Conte was there for. They've always. Chelsea have a habit of whoever comes in, they seem to win trophies. Did no, Mateo, no, no. Apart from Boas, um, I think Boas was the last one. I don't think we ever. He, he only had half a season. The, the, the mental thing Lampard is. Obviously. We, in the entire In the entire Abramovich era, he's been with us for 2003. So, mm. you know, since you started sports, basically, yeah, yeah, come on. I was only born in '98, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't really, uh, can't really defend that one, uh, because it's but true. do you feel, but, but do you, feel, but do you guys feel that vibe, like, yeah, vibe? no, we yeah. do because we, I think, you know, we've, ne- we've never gone, um, as I think was going to be said, we've never got more than two years without a trophy, um, and and the little blip that we did have, which was Lampard era, where we had three final defeats and obviously two called one of them as well. Um, the Super Cup final defeat, the FA Cup final defeat, and then the FA Cup again with two call. It was starting to feel like, hold on a second, this is not us. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to yeah. sort ourselves out here because this whole losing in finals and nonsense, this is, this is for Tottenham. This is for, this is for this that is level. Levels, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Seriously, like the, the, yeah, the yeah. winning, the win, winning mentality has got to be ingrained in a squad early. Um, if you're to start pushing on for more trophies, otherwise, when they get to the final hurdle, they're going to start doubting themselves. So those those European um, trophies that we picked up in the last few months have been huge for us. And I think that plus the signing and potential couple more signings that are on their way at the end of the window, um, that has given us the confidence to kick on from last season under Tuchel. And that's why, you know, going into this game, we shouldn't really be fearful, just need to be, you know, we need to be on our P's and Q's and understand that this is a different Liverpool they're a fully fit Liverpool team with a chip on their shoulder who have been doubted and with a full house at Anfield as well, which we didn't get last year. So all those factors involved, that's why I think it's going to be just almost, you know, difficult to even split them. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a draw. I'm sure we'll get to predictions later. Do you know what the funny thing is, right? We've mentioned Van Dijk and Lukaku battle so much. I didn't even bring it up yet. You guys are so sharp off the mark. Like I wanted to have a, a seg, not a whole segment, but a, part of the segment and talk about this battle because it's, it's fucking huge. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think guys and help me. Let's think out loud. I can't think of a a personal one-to-one battle in recent times. That's been so looked forward to in terms of the hype, the levels, you know, Lukaku versus Virgil van Dijk. 
every neutral fan is kind of looking into it, looking forward to it as well. As in, this is the litmus test for Lukaku. Yeah. And this is the test for Virgil van Dijk to see how far he's back in, in terms of being his back to his elite best. Mm. Um, Connor, where do you think... I mean, is without doubt, I think this is the key defining battle. Um, a. And B, can you think of another one-to-one rivalry in recent times? I can remember the Cristiano Ronaldo versus Ashley Cole. That mm-hmm. was huge. That used to be Kane huge. and Van Dijk as well. Kane, nah, Champions League final. Nah, 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 it, was never, it was never. It was never touted like as like a big thing, was it? Nothing no, like no, this. No. I was thinking about this. Story. I know Avi, you're trying to come back with something, but you have a few minutes to think about it and th- come back with a better example than Kane yeah. versus Van Dijk. Right? Like, I'll give you a couple of minutes. Go on mute if you want. You guys come back with something like a personal rivalry as big as that. Like, a, like you know, he's being it's, built but up. it's, it's not personal between the two players. It's personal no, no, no. because the media I, have drummed it up. I think. I think. That's uh, what I said. Thanks. One, one example that, that maybe wasn't built up verbally, but certainly when they were on the pitch together, you felt it, which was Fernando Torres and Vidic. I think mm-hmm. that one was was a very interesting matchup. There was always something there in terms of Fernando Torres having the edge over Vidic, you know, getting him sent off a few times, pacing behind as well. Um, that one sticks out. Obviously, Drogba and whoever the Arsenal defender was as well is, is, is quite iconic for us. Um, yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't fair, right? Like Van Nistelrooy and Martin Keown, they had a few battles themselves. Yeah, but I they mean that was more battle. to do with well, one yeah, of them. Yeah, you weren't exactly. even born then, so you can't comment. But yeah, Van Nistelrooy and um, <laughs> Martin Keown, they had some dodgy uh, clashes at Old Trafford and then at uh, Highbury back then. Yeah, no, know. no, I think I think go on, Connor. You was going to say I think <laughs> it was the was it was say. the one at Old Trafford, wasn't it? You know, he jumped, you. he did all this, yeah. all this in his Absolutely. face after the penalty. Come back with another one, Avi. Another timeout, please. You've come out with two shit examples. So Connor's right. Even though he wasn't born, he knows that that was a one-off incident in the in the, in the game where he, he made a big v- part about it. A few comments. Vieira Keen was a brilliant battle between the two. That's a classic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Vieira Keen is was the for me growing up. Growing up, I say <laughs> I was a married man with my first child back then, but still. But you know, it was um that was the hugest, biggest battle, right? Mm. Vieira Keen. I can't I can't think of a bigger battle than that personally. Yeah, that one was that one was mouthful because there was, so the, the pers- the Jar- there was so much personal. There was so much personal. Yeah, and the Jaron Lampard one—it was a res- respectful rivalry, wasn't it? They just appreciate each other. Terry and you know Carragher, the battle sort of like centre backs during those Champions League sort of games. No, those we're were just sort about, of again, again, we're talking about one-on-one battles, rivalry, direct rivals. You're giving Connor, and that, that's know. the thing. Alonso Lampard, Alonso Lampard—they had a few tussles, not just that once where Lampard did him on the ankle. There was a few. Um, some, some Again, some, when, some when good ones, yeah. Schmeichel versus Wright, Keane yeah. versus Vieira, Ronaldo versus Danny Alves. I don't think that? Ian Wright ever scored past Schmeichel in a competitive game. A few charity shields, I think, but never in a competitive game, Ian Wright. There Let's just address this super chat because there's some great comments I want to bring up as well. Says, Shall I read it? It's in, do- it's in dollars, so it's American. So, Messi FC, yeah, thank yeah. you for the full night in and um, super chat. Thank you. The difference is Chelsea improved their squad, and after the UEFA Champions League, when they got rid of Tammy and got Lukaku, while Liverpool still have Ox and Arigi Taki. Uh, Taki added on the end for you, Abby, especially. I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go on, address that. Yeah, okay. like there's no, really no, no, they have improved. I think how much did you get for Tammy in the end to Roma? Uh, 34 30, million, was it? 34 million, but it's 34. paid in installments, so we're only receiving five Brilliant. million this year, and then it's like 20 million over the next couple and, and then 10 the next. And I want to come to this uh point, Marina Gatrasova. Have I said it oh right? Oh my, I've told no, you three times. You butchered, you butchered that one. 
butchered her name. All right, sorry, but she's, she's over today. <laughs> she's your equivalent to what we've got in Michael Edwards, right? Well, kind of, but not quite the same. Not I mean, is, is, is Edwards your chief negotiator as well? Or yeah. Is he just to do with scouting? He's our chief negotiator. He's the oh, one okay, who does right. the deals and stuff. So, okay. Mm. I think, I think Marina's role is a more sort of directorial role. She has a higher link with, with Abramovich. She's sort of his right hand man, woman. Excuse me, Marina, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she's, she's not in charge of any scouting. Um, she's just in charge, in charge of the negotiations, ne- negotiations, yeah. the financial negotiations and that sort of thing. But it seems as if it's working a treat and fair play to it. The amount of money that you guys have recouped, let alone spent, but the money you guys have recouped in your players, it's been phenomenal business. Very similar to what obviously Monchi at Seville does or Michael Mm -hmm. Edwards. You you recoup money for players that you know are just never going to make that grade at Chelsea and you make good money. Well, I was going to say, say, you you used Monchi and everyone else close close to home, Michael Edwards. I mean, this is why why we speak about Chelsea's business always being praised for, from my side anyway, because mm. of the, the way they sell their players, they manage to sell mm-hmm. their players. That's overlooked. Like, yeah. you know, we talk about your academy and how many players you've sold for big money, very similar to us, you know, random players from academies for 15, 20 million. What's the one that you sold to Palace? Uh, Mark uh, Mark here yeah, for about 18 million. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Um, He's a good player though. He's he a good is. player, but the thing is, we have, we have so much talent and our squad is, is so full to the brim. You know, there are obviously accusations of sort of player hoarding and, you know, I've saw people today comparing it to a sort of puppy farm for players, that sort of thing. Um, but it's a successful business strategy and it works. It makes us money. It keeps our books, you know, in the green. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the players aren't, you know, being held against their will at gunpoint saying, sign this contract with Chelsea FC. They're willingly joining the club and it's a successful business you know, strategy that works for us. We sp- mm. we've, we've spoken about the main, main battle that was kind of the media's building up and everything. Like, for example, Chelsea's uh, social media team knew exactly what they're doing when they put Lukaku as the, as the, as the face of the, of the match buildup. We yeah. done the same and put Virgil as the face <laughs> of our... So it's brilliant. The way the yeah. undertone, you know, is brilliant. But there's far more, there's far more battles all over the pitch, right? We're looking for, Avi. What other interesting battles that you're looking for? You know, in in terms of player, in terms of positions. So I was thinking, you know, the battle between the fullbacks will be amazing. Like sort of, who, which teams are fullbacks and their wingbacks get the upper hand in the game because it's absolutely crucial as the way the both teams play. Are we suggesting that Chelsea are going to be playing Alonso for this game? No, we'll come to we'll come to, we'll come to the. That's what I'm talking about. So, do you? Believe, I don't. Do you I don't think so. So Alonso's played so, the last couple of games, um, but obviously we've played against teams that we'd expected to dominate against. The, there was no real threat of runners in behind. Liverpool, yeah. you know, your your main strength is within your fullbacks. You know, creating overloads and, and creating chances from that, and then you've got pacey, direct attacking, quick players in those wide inside forward roles who exploit the the spaces in the channels, someone like Alonso just does not have the recovery pace to get back. Chilwell is an up and down fullback, wingback, whatever you want to classify him as. He will, you know, objectively, he's much better suited to nullify the effects of, he's on the left, so Salah, than than someone like Marcus Alonso. And I'm I'm sure Tuchel sees that. Yeah, I I would hope he does see that because I think... With Alonso, he he tends to start seasons quite well. I remember under Sarri, he did a similar thing as well, and he got labelled the best left back in Europe. However, 
However, there is very important times with Alonso that you need to take him out of the team before he has a clangor. And this is one of those times. Because if he has Salah and Trent running at him with pace, causing issues, um, no matter how switched on he is, he doesn't have the pace, like like was said, to, to, to deal with that. So this is the kind of game where you take Alonso out. And Chilwell is meant to be our first choice as well. And, and you know, he came, obviously, he's been eased back in late because of maybe the England situation. Alonso is one of those players, though. He gets, he get, uh, he must get a lot of flack from Chelsea fans, but he's been there since Conte, right? He's played yeah. like 160 or 170 games. Yeah, pops up with a good goal here and there. So mm. he he's a player that for me that just perseveres, perseveres, and I think he's a manager's player. A manager likes him, and I feel that maybe you can't trust him defensively, but in a wing back system, he's like a he's he's good going forward. He's got good technique, goes forward. You know, I, I think that's why managers take to him. And I think under Sari, under Conte, he's uh, he's become sort of like not a favourable player, but a player that, you know what, he can be thrusted into it. Hence, I think he might start ahead of Chilwell. I don't fancy Chilwell in a wing-back system. I like him in a back four. Correct me mm. if I'm wrong, Matisse. I think... Is he better think, in a back four or...? He's he's adjusted mid-season. I think he he struggled immediately when, he, when he, the new formation was given to him. He'd never played it before. But as time's gone on, he's actually done very well. And obviously, he played throughout our Champions League run, um, locked up Mares in the final. And we didn't hear a word out of Mares for that, that game against Manchester City. So he has got a lot better in that role. And he, he did take over from Alonso and play most of the games towards the back end of the season. The thing is with Alonso is that when you're playing against teams that you're expected to win against, your Burnley's at home, you know, your Newcastle's, it's brilliant to have him on because you're not going to be defending as much at the time. You kind of push him up into a left, you know, almost left forward role, let him hang around the box, make really good runs into the box. And then he can get, you know, finishes in there or you can get headers or you can do cutbacks. But when you're playing a game like this, where it's going to be so finely poised and very small details defensively, positioning wise um, and pace wise, I mean, if you guys hit us on transition Alonso down that side, it's going to be a problem. We don't want to There's have no Rudiger isolated. So I, I just can't see him play him. You know, absolutely. Your your left side will be crucial and there's absolutely no chance um, that um, Chilwell doesn't start against us, in my opinion. No way. Mm. I think Avi's the only one who thinks Alonso's going to start. We'll see how it goes. Um, but because as you targeted us last season in terms of that, that area of uncertainty with Trent and Nat Phillips was it last season? Was it? I believe it was a ball over the Fabinho. top. Fabinho, I beg your pardon. Yeah. It was actually yeah. Fabinho, wasn't it? Who started mm. at mm. centre back last season? It was Fabinho and Kabak. Mm. So it mm. was a it was a central midfield, a DM, and <laughs> our fifth choice centre back who started. And then you guys targeted that area between Fabinho and Trent because Trent was very low on confidence. Yeah. Um, this time, I think that's going to be obviously Matip. And 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 a, and a, and, a, and a player who's full of confidence, who's absolutely flying at the moment, Trent. Um, yeah, take that comment off. We don't need comments like that. It's actually quite funny. Yeah, it? no, it's not funny at all. Um, yeah. So, and and if if you've got sort of um, Alonso and Rudiger in that area where we're going to be targeting you now, in terms of Salah and Trent, which is our strength, mm. I think that. That, that, I think that's a pivotal part of the game area that we could dominate. You know, from our point of view, that's the area we're going to look to target. Where are yeah. you guys going to look to target now? Because obviously we've got our back four. Where's your strengths? Where are you going to look to dominate? How's Chelsea? How Chelsea under Tuchel been playing now in terms of, have they evolved from last season? Do you see a different or a variety of ways of attacking us? 
I, I definitely do because of because of Lukaku. Yeah, I think I think Lukaku's changed the way that we attack because before we we didn't have a striker that was so versatile in terms of yes, you can you can play passes into him and you can actually hold it up like Giroud, but alternatively you can hit him in behind as well. So that strength and that that dominance that he has is taking attention away from others around him and it's in turn giving more space yeah. to other players around him. Havertz was dropping deep and getting on the ball a lot against Arsenal. He was able to have this free role. That's not something that he really got last season because he had to play the false nine because Werner wasn't putting in the ball into the back of the net when he played up front as well. I think in terms of where to target, I think obviously Lukaku and Van Dijk is going to be down the right channel. That is where you'd expect Liverpool to match up their centre-back with where Lukaku is expected to play, which is cutting down that side. I think still we would be smart to target your 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 um, your right side of your defense. You know, I want to see uh, Matip and Trent. You know, just how good that that connection is, that chemistry is. Um, you know, if it was Van Dijk playing on that right hand side, then then maybe it would be a different situation. But I think Matip, you can you can still get at him a little bit. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he played Werner again because Werner had a great game oh, at Anfield. Yeah, 100%. you know, it will force you to either play. A, a, you know, step take a few yards back and play a mid block, or if you keep the high line, then Werner versus Matty is, is going to be a constant race throughout the match. Um, so you know, it's, it's going to give you something to think about if Werner does start because he had a great game last time. I think he had a, a goal, um, disallowed for offside or something, but he wrongly um, offside, wrongly offside, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so he caused a lot of problems. He caused a lot of problems. Matisse talks about sort of, um, Lukaku going to try to sort of put himself up against Matip and sort of maybe even doubling up with Werner um, and sort of just drifting to the left. Mm. Um, whereas naturally, we know Lukaku likes to take that inside right position mm -hmm. a lot. That would be intriguing, right, in terms of how he adjusts tactically. This will be a good test. I'm actually looking forward to it because, yes, you know, when you when you see your weak or when you see the weaker centre back or weaker side, like Robertson and Virgil Van Dijk are impregnable, aren't they? You just don't fuck about with them on that side. Mm. No one, like mm. they intimidate you. That's how good they are, right? But you still mm. think people always, even though I'm not going to say it, but I'm telling you, Matip, from my point of view, is the second best centre back in the Premier League when he's fit, <laughs> when he's fit, when he's ready. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're gonna. That's you're another gonna, debate. Yeah, no, you're gonna mm. find out. But 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 but, but I'm we'll saying see. people that don't see him enough will think like you're like you're suggesting that we're still going to target Matip and and Trent. It'll be interesting, isn't it? How Werner and I think he will be selected. How Werner and and Lukaku sort of drift to sides that they're not really used to. Well, Werner is, but Lukaku isn't. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think we start with the two personally. I think we start with the two up top, uh, oh, Lukaku yeah. and Werner, and I think we'll go with Lukaku, like you say, drifting to those right hand channels as he occupied so well at Inter, um, which means we will get to see that mouth watering, you know, pairing of Van Dijk up against Lukaku, Van Dijk being your left centre back. You know, you, those two will come up against each other multiple times throughout the game, so that's something we can look forward to definitely. Uh, I think where we're going to be most dangerous. I mean, effectively against the biggest teams, we are a transition-based attack. Yeah, you know, will and and especially Anfield, you'd expect you guys to have the impetus, so you, you guys to have the, the possession for the majority of of the game. Um, and it's about how you can sort of readjust your defensive solidity and get back uh, to nullify our counterattacks quickly, and whether you can do that. Um, Tuchel's slowly but surely transforming us into one of the best transition-based sides in the league, uh, maybe in the world. So, you know, I think I think he's doing a good job on that regard. I think what will happen is we'll see Mount start inevitably, and I think he'll drop into a three in midfield, 
in the defensive shape with uh, Jorginho in the middle and Kante on the right. Um, and then we'll be left with the two up top as that potential, um, you know, transitional force. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the danger areas, like you say, Grizz, are in between the fullbacks and the centre-backs for both teams. Against Arsenal, uh, for us, our wing-back to centre-back spacing was wrong. And they, they found a lot of joy in those areas. And I think you guys can do the same thing, obviously, with your inside forwards of Mane and Salah. So I think that's something that Tuchel would have noticed. There was way too much space in between those two players. Um, and if the same thing happens against you guys, you will be much, much more ruthless. So, yeah, those are the two, the two dangerous areas for me. For Liverpool, between fullback and centre-back, when we yeah. split our strikers and occupy those spaces. For Chelsea, between wing-back and centre-back for your inside forwards to come in and fill those. Avi, where do you think, how do we approach this game? Um, you know, where's our strengths and how, how have you seen us setting up this season? And then maybe come on and, and maybe then go on to sort of seeing any potential changes that you see in our lineup. I think we'll change the midfield round, Grizz. I think the first game we saw Millie starting against Norwich and then obviously Harvey Elliott, who got his start against Burnley. I don't think Elliott will start this game. And I think it will be a KG affair. I can see maybe Fabinho, hopefully he comes back um, in that DM position with Hendo and then maybe Thiago. Or Nabi, sorry, forget that Tiago. I think Nabi, Hendo, and it'll be Fabinho. The same three, I believe, that started in the 2019 season when we beat them 2 0 at Anfield. So I think he'll go with that if they fit. I think we need legs. I think it'll be a KG affair in the first 20, 25 minutes. I think the first 20, 25 minutes will be telling and it will let us, we will, it will sort of show us where the game's headed. If it's very KG and there's very few and far between chances, I think there'll be a draw. But if it's quite open, if Naby gets a bit of movement, if, if he can get a bit of the ball and he can proceed instead of Hendo, then we can see, uh, we, we might see, you know, an early goal. I think an early goal breaks this sort of game sort of stranglehold. It needs an early goal. Um, and let, then, you know, you'll see Chelsea come from the off, off, offense as well. I think Tuchel will set them up again, pragmatic, and let us sort of come on a little bit and then soak up the pressure and maybe hit us on the attack. Is is that is that... Predictable, Matisse. Do you think he? Do you think Tuchel's got any any surprises for Liverpool, or do you think it's going to be the way he plays against all big clubs? We know, like Connor basically picked the team. I think mm. it's pretty predictable, right? Or do you see any difference in the way he sets you guys up? No, I think it is quite predictable what we're going to do because we mm. do we have settled in this formation. And the one time, well, one of the few times I'd say Chelsea can be very unpredictable is when they put a more attacking right wing back on the pitch, maybe in a Hudson-Odoi. And if things are not going well, we can change that formation to a back four and change our shape completely without a substitution. But I think he's definitely going to play Reese James on that side. I think Reese James was brilliant against Arsenal, obviously got a goal and an assist. Um, really good deliverer of the ball as well. And he's got that balance between defence and attack, which you're going to need at Anfield. So with him playing, you have got, you know, He's not a winger, so you've got someone who's not going to shift the formation at any given moment without a substitution, something that Klopp can, can keep an eye on. Um, and those that back three is, is going to be quite clear-cut. You know, I expect it to really be Aspilicueta, Rudiger um, and Christensen. Maybe Thiago Silva comes in, but to throw him in against um, Liverpool when he hasn't really clocked up too many minutes yet would be a little bit um, of a dodgy situation, especially when Christiansen has not done anything wrong as well. He's been brilliant for us. He had a great Euros as well. So he's more than capable of playing a game of this magnitude at this point. And, um, you know, even, you know, Trevor Chaloba had a great game on his debut, yeah. great debut week. And we're chasing Jules Kunde. So it's very clear to me this season 
that Chelsea are going to play a back three for the majority of it as well. Um, any anything to add to that, or do you think? Oh, sorry, anything to change, Connor? Uh, do you think it's going to be the same back three? We, we can we pretty much guessed the whole team, uh, or do you think any changes? Uh, I mean, in a simple form, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think Christensen starts over Thiago Silva. The only question is Chilwell or Alonso. For me, it's Chilwell, and I think Tuchel will have the sort of tactical analysis to pick him. Um, and then, yeah, three in midfield, Kante, Jorginho, Mount, and then I feel we'll go, we'll go two up top. And there is another question mark over Havertz or Werner. Mm. I think it's Werner, yeah. I think so too. I mean... Yeah, but Havertz, Havertz is lightning as well, to be fair. And they can both do a job of stretching defences. I just think Werner provides that little bit more of a threat to actually stretch the defence and open you guys up a little bit more to create yeah. that space on the, on the counter. But so, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be equally happy with either, to be fair. From a Liverpool, from a Liverpool point of view, um, I, I, there's no doubt for me. This, I just wanted to talk about this, this message from Michael. Michael Bowen says, Kante and Mount has to be nullified for our success because Kante takes the ball off us at deadly times and they transition through Mount. Also, our problems with our midfield is winning second balls. I'm not too sure about this, the second part of the thing. I don't. I disagree. I think uh, when we're on it, when we're fit and pressing, our second, our, our second ball winning is deadly. It's probably as good as anyone in the league. But I absolutely agree with Kante and Mount. So the hype's all about Havertz, Werner or Lukaku. That's going to be the danger. I think these two players... For me, Avi are the danger men f- from a Liverpool point of view. I know you know. I think you know what I think of Kante. You know, we may come upon the award he's won recently, guys. He's won some award, hasn't he? Uh, the, yeah, the midfielder of the um, year in the Champions League. Finally, yeah. yeah. some recognition for the man. Player of the tournament, did he? Yeah, he won. Play, he won. That. He won. Um, UEFA Player of the Men's Player of the Year. That's including the Euros as well. That's why. Yeah. yeah, but but Avi, from 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 your point of view, danger man for Chelsea. I mean, these these two are for me, Kante and Mount. Yeah, Kante, hundred percent. You know, Mount, he's grown on me. I didn't think he would be. You know, I saw him and I saw him at Derby a little bit with Harry Wilson because they both went on loan during Lampard's tenure. And I thought he's a good player. I don't think he can. I don't think he'll make the grade. But then after Lampard left. Tuchel believed in him and you thought he might be the first that might be sort of cut from the Tuchel sort of error, but he's proved me wrong. And I'm certainly sure he's proved a lot wrong. His work rate, technically he's a good player. He reads the game too. And he seems like a very smart intellectual player on the pitch. And you just know that the instructions that Tuchel sort of sets out for him, he actually goes and follows through. So he, for me, he's a very smart player. For me, I do want to touch upon Christensen because he's a defender who I know was out on loan to Germany and me and Connor have spoken highly of him in the past, but it seems as if, again, Tuchel's done wonders for him. And it seems as if he's Tuchel's main man right now in that defense, mm-hmm. not Thiago Silva or Rudiger. I know Huls Kunde is possibly coming in, but I believe that the trust that Tuchel has put in Christensen, it's paying off as well. And again, another magnificent, like sort of last the back end of the six months, plus the Euros. He's another one to watch out for, because I think he's top draw, absolutely top draw. But yeah, Grizz, I can't argue Kante, Jorginho, you know, he's had his fair share of critics, but he's another player who's um, impressed as well in the last sort of six months. And he's a touchable player as well. A bit similar to the like, number six that he had at Dortmund, uh, Julian Weigel. You know, just sits there and sprays those passes and tactically looks the game all around him. I think Jorginho is a perfect fit for him as well. Um, AJ says, thank you for the super chat. He says, I know it's a Chelsea-Liverpool preview, but Fabrizio commanding, confirming Ronaldo will leave 100%. City is the only destination. How are we feeling about this, lads? How are we feeling about this, lads? Mm, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, um, wow. you'd assume that he's going to play centre forward 
and this is a Kane replacement since uh, or Kane alternative since uh, Kane made that statement last night saying I'm 100% staying at Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a load of shite that was. You could tell that someone had a gun to his head when he wrote that one. Um, but I think it'll it'll probably be uh, him at centre forward. He'll inevitably score goals because City create chances for fun. You know, on those cutbacks, crosses in from De Bruyne from that right side. Come on, that that De Bruyne to Ronaldo uh, link up is going to be a bit of a cheat code. Do you know? Do you know what it is? We we can all relate. Yeah, that Man United hate. That Man United is so. He's being loaned out. Matisse is being oh, loaned out. That he's being loaned out, yeah. Oh, I can't wait because I've already seen them spamming all over social media. Messi's the GOAT. You know, this, it's just, it's beautiful. I can't wait for that mm. billboard in Manchester, that light blue billboard. Ronaldo's cut out on top and you got, it's the Tevez moment all over again, but it's the oh, number seven. CR7. Oh, who wears the number back. seven at Man City? Is it Sterling? Is it Sterling? Yeah, he's got yeah. to give that. He's got to give that up. Give that shit up immediately. Listen, we love you, Sterling, <laughs> but give that up. Let's you know get what? it done. I, I can't be wait. Surprised if Sterling kind of just jets from there, you know? He's not- yeah. Well, yeah. It said yeah, they're pushing him around. To office. They yeah, have. yeah. They've been, yeah. they've been, they've been selling him to all of Europe for a couple of years. It seems like, if you if you believe the rumors, and I heard one today. Don't know if it's if it's you know reliable or not. That they offered a Sterling Ronaldo swap. Mm. Which is confusing to me, considering I'd see Sterling as much more valuable. I mean, he's only what twenty six, is he? Twenty six, yeah. Yeah, but they they also did sign Grealish, who's capable of playing on that left hand side as well, isn't it? So it's just um, oh, it says another just... welcome to Manchester Billboard incoming. Oh, I, man, I, I can't. If this happens, I can't wait because these Man United fans are going to be crying and they're going to be so loud, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I really am. I'm just going to enjoy it so much. <laughs> but it's but it's it's, 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 it's... It's turned this sort of Premier League season now into this is so exciting kind of thing. Like I know he's going to a rival of ours, right? So we've probably got mixed emotions, mixed feelings. But I think it's amazing for the league, right, guys? It's yeah. very exciting, isn't it? It's like bring it on, kind of thing, right? That's yeah. my attitude. A hundred percent. I think, and it was like when when Messi was moving. You know, I I. I I, I built you wanted him to come to Premier League. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say think, desperately. That's a little too much, but I, a, like you say, Chris, a little bit of me wanted to see City pick up Messi just so I could see him. You know, on a weekly basis, I could go to the Etihad, watch him in person, and see him tear it up. So you could start sporting Chelsea. No, to, you, know, you could start making that swap to start sporting City. That's yeah, what I mean, it's progression. I think it's. I tell you what, <laughs> and we'll move on quickly, Chris. But I think it's a sign of desperation from PSG and City that they won that Champions League, and it's a race between the Qataris. And uh, Sheikh Mansour from City, of who wins that coveted Champions League first between them. I really think it's desperation that City are getting Ronaldo. Just like, well, okay, PSG got Messi, but I think City had to react. And that's he's the way they feel that, you know, they can challenge for that Champions League. And they see how it pans out. But I think it's a flexing of muscles, guys, and egos. Impure, mm. it is. This is madness. Yeah. Like, this is financial fair play in the fucking mind. Like, you, you get Messi. <laughs> all right, fine. We'll go and get Ronaldo. And by the way, they're in the same Champions League group. So, if group this does all, happen, yeah. if this, this does happen, insane. this is going to be an incredible clash. Imagine Neymar it's being played and Messi. in Bahrain as well, those games. Those two no games way. have been played in Bahrain. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You're joking. He's joking. Okay, but um, okay, ne- Neymar and Messi versus, you know, <laughs> Ronaldo. Ronaldo and, you know, whoever you want to stick next to him as well, it's going to be incredible. Pep managing Ronaldo as well for yeah. the first time. Haven't seen that before. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm not going Messi to and Ramos. You know, Ramos is at PSG. Yeah. He's good friends with Ronaldo. 
It's, it, it really is a freak window. Um, mm. It's a freak window. It's going to be incredible. Touch up, we, we, we touched upon the Champions League and we'll talk about our respective groups and, and sort of other groups. But do you know what? I, I know it's often when we do a, when we have like sort of opposition fans on and, and trying to do a combined 11 can get messy and it's, pardon the fucking pun, tip of our tongues <laughs> in it today. Um, but but um, I think we can make a fair whip, of, a fair crack of this. So between us, Let's try and make a com- combination of, of Chelsea and Liverpool. Right. But the key words are at full form and fitness. Right. So goalkeeper wise, I are we going, are we going, is there going to be an argument? There's no Allison. debate. Oh, carry I'll on. Yeah, carry on. Carry on. Mendy's a brilliant keeper. We can't, I'm sure you guys, if you take away Kepa the tribe, more expensive as well, but it's Allison. It's Allison. It, it is Allison. You know, how, Allison is the, is the how are you setting up though, formation wise? What's so the that's the important right? question because four, that's three, the big four, question, yeah. That's the big four, question. Chase, who plays? Four, because... four, three, three. Why? Why? Well, why no, you... because it benefits you guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just do, just do the normal system. Four, three, three. We don't. We can play with wingbacks if you want. We can just go four, with four, four, three, three. Back in two. So yeah, we can keep four, four, back in two. <laughs> so so I think let's go four, four, two because you guys play five, three, two. We play four, three, three. Let's be neutral and go four, four, two. Okay. So in in a in a four, four, two, right? I'm going to start off with possibly controversial, but I hope not. <laughs> right back. Let's go. Oh, not controversial for me. Um, I, I will take all tribalism and biases out of it. And I will, I will say comfortably for me, Trent is the best right back in the world. Oh, so okay. yeah. wow. I'm not saying that to get the people in the comments on my side. I, <laughs> I mean, he is, he's a unique player, isn't he? I mean, I've never seen uh, barring Danny Alves. Um, I've never seen a right back with his sort of roundedness in terms of skill set. I mean, that I, I was watching the game against. Um, it was your last game against Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, Burnley. That that assist Phenomenal. for the Mane goal. Oh, I mean, come on. You, you you find the most seasoned playmaker, and and they don't have the sort of intuition to just make that subtle clipped pass. Yeah, he's got a roundedness to his game. Defensively, I think he's underrated. You know, he doesn't really let too many people dribble past him. I think his. Um, his sort of awareness can be questioned at times whether he's a, he switches on and switches off a little bit too much. It's Twenty-two, um, though, isn't he? you know, Reece James is a quality player, but I don't think he is currently on Trent's level. Whether he reaches that, who knows? But for me, right now, Trent is a dead cert. Matisse, any arguments? Even though he's been over, over, he's been voted out of it. Uh, he can still have a say. Yeah, I think. It, I mean, at England level, it's difficult to judge, isn't it? Because, you know, we know who's in charge. But I think if you're going with who's the better player defensively in a back four, I would I would trust Reese James a lot more than I would trust Trent, especially when I don't know who Trent's partner is going to be. I think if Trent's partner is a Van Dijk, someone that he knows he can trust defensively as well to help him out, then fair enough. But if you're going with, I'm going to take two fullbacks and pair them up with anyone, and it could be anyone, a Ben White, etc. Then I know I'm going to trust Reese James more defensively than than Trent paired up next to anyone. But Trent going forward, and even though Reese James, as we can see, and you're going to see a lot this season, Reese James getting a lot of assists, a lot more now that we have a proper striker. Trent going forward is ridiculous. You know the pass that he played the other day um, in the cam position. <laughs> you know it was it was like a moving like some sort of Ozil. In re- it was, yeah, it was a little in yesterday. Little reverse, yeah. So so. I'm happy to concede on it, but I definitely feel like Trent is more suited to, if you're going to go with 
just any given team. I would actually say Trent at wing back or something, just a bit further forward. I've even given him a case for, for centre mid. I just think he's so good in, in those attacking areas that he should actually be higher up the pitch than in a back four. But um, obviously in your system, then he gets further forward. But in most systems in a back four, in a four four two as well, you know, I don't know if, if, if we're talking about four four two, I don't know if Trent's going to get uh, as far forward as, as we're thinking here. I think, so the next one's fairly simple. It's a question of who's playing next to Virgil van Dijk. Mm -hmm. um, who's playing next to Virgil van Dijk? Oh, uh, the brilliant centre-backs. Non-existent again. It's got to be either Gomez or Matip, but right now Matip. Oh, don't even mention Go I knew you'd come in with Matip. Well, who are you going to mention? Let's, Rudiger. Look, let's, let's bring in Avi. He hasn't, he's been quiet for a while. But who are you going to meet? Oh, Thiago Silva? Well, right I mean, now, as of take now, take your pick, and they'd be better than Gomez. I take. Well, I, well, I did say, I did Thiago say, we're, I did say, we're assuming at full fitness and form. And for me, Thiago Silva yeah, has been he's got the be most in. underrated yeah. centre back of the last decade. No, Chris, he's got his, he's got his plaudits. Uh, no, he has. He no, because he played in France, he, people don't see him as much because the French league's weak. But he's always had his uh, fair share of plaudits. No, yeah, for me, most, he has. Anyway. He's the most. Uh, yeah, okay, that's for you. But even if, Matisse, if we're, if we're if we're yeah. going with a back four and we're going with um, who's at their best on any given day, then Thiago Silva is, is leaps and bounds better um, than, than Matip. And I know the chat loves Matip and everybody loves Matip, but Thiago Silva is another level. We're talking about a world-class defender here that got to the Champions League final the year before last, got to the Champions League final again. And the only reason why he wasn't in our team a lot towards the back end of last season, by the way, is because of injuries, not because mm -hmm. he wasn't good enough. He very rarely put a foot wrong. The only two games he didn't play very well in was the West Brom ones. One of them, Jorginho actually did set him up for a red card with the with the loose passes that he was playing. And the other one, you know, it was very early in the season. He made a very poor mistake with a loose touch. But in terms of just defending, this guy is just unbelievable. And from, from a passing perspective as well, you put him next to Van Dijk and you're getting two of the best passes in the league, period. Not even just defender you know, passes. We're just talking about two of the best passes. So Thiago Silva is has got to be in that team for me. I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to 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 accept that. Um, Connor, any any cases for anyone else? No, I don't. Think I mean, so I mean, I'm, I'm not. But, but I will say what I will say from a Matip point of view is Jaul Matip is slept on way, way too Because he's injured. For because he's injured a lot. That's why. It's because he's always injured. I, I, think. I get that. I get that. But when he the twelve games he plays on average a season, <laughs> twelve point five on average, right? Because he played half of one half against Spurs, right? The tw the twelve and a half games he plays, he's fucking immaculate. He's magnificent. Mm. But as I said, Silva is is, is one of my favorite. He's elite. He's elite. He was elite. He's elite. So I think we've got. Kind of, least it is. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I mean. Silva, in a, in a three back, this is why the formation was so important for me. Because in a three back, in that left centre back role, I mean, Rudig has been on a different level since mm. Tuchel came in. Uh, effect, he, yeah. He's covered so much ground as well, making up for for attacking wing backs like Alonso. I mean, you know, it, people have said it before. It must be a centre back's nightmare to play with someone like Alonso. Can you imagine in a back four? You're playing with Alonso, and he spends most of his time at the back post, yes. and then they break on quick transition, and you just got you got, you got 80 yards to defend. It was but like Rudiger, when we had Moreno. It's like when we had Moreno. That that side yeah. centre back. He's a legend. He's a legend now, Chris. Please, after last summer in the Europa League, he's a legend. We we need to we move on to left back. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's Robertson. Yep, I can see. Hand, hands down, hands down. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think, yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier, Grizz, you said um, that, that that sort of left-hand side of, of Robbo and Van Dyke is just impenetrable and no one dares go near it. I think Robbo can be got at, I think, in the last um, in the last sort of, I don't know, six months of the season, maybe. There were times when he did look vulnerable. The whole uh, team did. We took, the whole team looked vulnerable because of injuries, but come on. Well, we got to move on. Let's, let's decide Robertson at left back. Have you stopped arguing every point? Yeah, we've got to move on. We've got to <laughs> he said you were vulnerable. Of course I'm going to fight our corner. Go on. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, can you do it on your own show, please, on Fridays? Yeah, Yeah, one for uh, tomorrow. One for tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think we will agree, we're all going to agree two out of the three. So mm-hmm. I think Fabinho and Kante go straight in. Mm-hmm. Is there that, yeah. any arguments or doubts about that? So you're going with... Sorry, can you just say that again? Kante Fabinho, and Fabinho. Fabinho and Kante, for me, are two... Definites out of the three. In a 4-4-2? Yes. I'm going with Kante. Oh, we're going 4-4-2, uh, aren't we? That's what we four, four, two, yeah. Saying. I feel like that's yeah. a little bit... I don't know. It's just... A, I don't know. Does it work? Kante and I Henderson think. for me, because we need a captain, and he's he's he sure is one hell of a captain. Jordan you got Henderson. Virgil van Dijk and Thiago yeah, no, Silva. Yeah, no, 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 I don't like Virgil no, no, no. as captain. I don't like Virgil no. as captain. Thiago Silva is probably... Thiago Silva is probably one of the best captain in recent times. For and Jordan Henderson hasn't. Well, yes. Well, I think, think <laughs> he has to get in the team first. Jordan Henderson is if he's fit, of course in the team. I mean, I mean, is just one UEFA Men's Player of the Year, so I've got to put him, put him in the hat. I'm afraid. I mean, he's literally just done what he's done with Italy. He's done what he's done with Chelsea, um, and he's very underrated. The amount of tackles and interceptions he actually wins is a lot. If you look at the statistics for Champions League, he, he's the most in tackles and interceptions. When you look at the statistics for Italy in the Euros as well, he's very high up there. Um, so I've I've got to throw him in there. I have to. I think I think he's very. Uh, if you, if you have a, the wrong setup, if you have the right yeah. setup for Jorginho, and Tuchel alluded to it in a press conference earlier in the week, and people were taking mm. quotes way out of context and things like this. But if if you have the right setup for a player like Jorginho, he can massively improve your team. He can. He's a metronome, isn't he? You know, he gets the passes in, he sprays the passes it's, out. And he guys, we're just tempo. talking about a four-four normal two, four-four-two, old school British style of football. So yeah. it's, Kante is one hundred percent. I agree with Kante. Who's the next one? Grizz, take the deciding vote. Please be kind. <laughs> Connor says Fabinho and so we we agree with Fabinho because I was going to agree with Fabinho I think if we don't have Conte in a combined Liverpool-Chelsea team No, he has to be in, yeah it, It's suicide. it's mad, there's no point doing it we've we, we, we done, we done it all wrong So on that basis, because we agree three out of the four agree on Fabinho it's Fabinho and Conte Two wingers, talk to me boys <sighs> For me it's got... In a four-four-two, it's just it's, not. It's where... difficult, exactly. Yeah, it's, Salah, not, it's not. I think Salah. I think Salah. Victor Moses on the right, if you want. Let's, on the <laughs> well, look, let's 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 break it down. We know up front is Lukaku and Salah. Or we could. Or we could you play Salah, Salah on the right on a four-four-two? Oh, it's mean, it's a very odd system. That's why false, you know, sort of centre forward. Grizz only knows four four two from back in the day, but like times have changed. Yeah, but you have, no, you have one, you got you know one one playing higher up and one dropping deeper. You can't have just. I'll put Salah as a sort of just behind Lukaku. Put Lukaku up top in a four four two, but Salah just behind. I think and I think Salah is the most dangerous right attacker in world football, probably, and we're going to move his position. Ooh, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. So, Oh, Salah, Salah wide, wide right. If we're playing with advanced wingers like a four two four. Then we can stick Salah on the right wing. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Salah four four two hideous. Yeah, Salah, okay, I agree. Four four two in attack. Yeah, you've been outvoted. Yeah. You know how it works. 
Or you can put yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Sat Salah and Mane in the wings because I. I want. Yeah. I, I'm definitely taking the strikers for me. I, I, I'm putting my chips down for Lukaku and Kai. Mm-hmm. Up front, and I'll back you. Wait, based on what, Matisse? Lukaku and Kai Havertz. Based on what? Come on, Matisse. I mean, Lukaku. I'm Kai is Kai is ridiculously talented. If we're talking about players on top form, very few young players touch this guy when he's at when he when he's. But he hasn't been top form for the last year, Matisse. You saw in the Euros what he did. Even with Germany, he showed very few glim- He showed a few glimpses of what he's done. I'm, but we're, we're not talking. We're not talking about a team based on form. We're talking about a team playing to the peak of his powers. And I'd say Kai mm-hmm. is more technically gifted than. Then um, Firmino and and, um, and Jota. Even though I do love Jota a lot, I do love Jota a lot. I do love Jota a lot. No, but, but technically more than Firmino is because uh, when Firmino's Firmino, on, song, yeah, Firmino is good as well. But the finish, I don't know, with Firmino, the finishing sometimes it seems to be back maybe this season, but the finishing last season he just didn't. Come I with think, goals. I think, I think basically, hold on, this Chris Brax team, where is it? Is that, is that the one he's picked basically for us? I think we agree. He's already picked players like Frank Lampard and Zola and whatnot. Is <laughs> it? Is it? Is this our team? No, he's picked Hendo. And Fabinho, he's put Hendo in. He's playing the fourth. Yeah, I can just see everyone saying Avi's having a mare, and I. Yeah, what is he? Kai Hybers? How's Kai Hybers good enough right now on current form? He's not for Chelsea. We're, we're, we're talking Champions League final goal, but hey, you didn't. He couldn't hear it. Again, you didn't listen. Yeah, again, you didn't. This is why I hate these games. I hate these cross breeds. Cross breeds. This is what you want to call them. Cross breeds. He called them. This is why he hates these cross breeds. I just, I, I'm surprised that people in the chat expect us to pick so many Liverpool players. We just won the Champions exactly. League. We're, go, we're going to put some of our players look, look, I, look, I, I'm not going to lie. I think it's very fair what we've done. We've done Robertson, uh, Trent, Silva, Van Dijk, mm. Kante, Fabinho, Salah, Mane, Lukaku. That one key position we have to agree on. Because I think the rest, we all agree. Hey, let it's, me throw my uh, hat in the ring. On, Connor, you, I'm going to go with you as the, as the decider because we... We'll Grizz would have Twitchell as manager as well. That's why. That's how much of a blue he is. Are you ready, Abby? Abby, Abby. Are you ready? The final spot. Team Laverna. No, no. no I even no. even I don't even I don't even agree with that. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no, no. I think it's, it's it's I think at its at their best, it's it's Bobby or Kai Havertz for me, especially with that formation because we kind of all runners. We've got Mane. We've got Salah running. We've yeah. got Lukaku as a focal this is, point. This is why We've I got gave Kai. Now, Kai Havertz is magnificent. Because he can drop deep. He's young. He's got the potential to be sensational world class. I don't think he's quite there yet, Matisse, even at his best. Bobby's mm-hmm. proved to be pivotal in a Champions League winning team, in a in a, in a Brazil team, in a Elizabeth. league winning team, yeah. records breaking up. At his best, I still think Bobby, Kai Havertz has got the potential to be better than him. I will say it. Yeah, he has got the potential. But at their best, from what they've shown so far, I'd say Bobby. And as I'm the host, sit down. So Bobby <laughs> gets that role. I'm sorry. The big this dog. is a dictatorship. The big guys, dog. Yeah, yeah, the big dog has spoken. Listen, guys, um, quick predictions. Quick predictions for Sunday because we're running out of time. Um, Saturday, 2-0 Liverpool. Saturday, 2-0 Liverpool, yeah? Confident, yeah? Okay, yep. cool. Matisse? I'm gonna go two one Chelsea. I'm I'm gonna have to back Chelsea because obviously Jeez. we're in great form. I got to, of course, but this is a very evenly split game, so I've got to, I've got to give us the edge. Connor. Yep, I'm also gonna say Saturday, like Abby. Bold prediction there, mate. Um, I will go one one. I'll say uh, who's scoring? Who's scoring? Who's scoring? Mane and Timo Werner. One one. Mane and Timo. 
Right, at this point, we're going to say goodbye to Matisse because he's got to run. He's got another stream. i got to go. Matisse, nice you're one, a legend. Man. We catch up real soon. Real pleasure having Brilliant you on, Matisse. bro. Much appreciated, guys. Thanks so we'll much. Catch up in a bit. Good in a bit. Pleasure. So, guys, a lot of talk uh, about uh, sort of in terms of the Champions League groups being made today. We're just going to quickly talk about the Champions League. Um, Avi, our group, I know you were saying... Um, you know, it's it's fairly fairly easy in your eyes. You like the, the no, I didn't say that. You like the classic. I I, like I classic. Go on. I do I do I do like a tough group. I think it is the group of death. Um, look, I I just love that AC Milan are back in it. You know, they they deserve to be. They're a Champions League club. They deserve to be in it. Atletico Madrid. I think there's you know a little bit of history there uh, in recent seasons. AC Milan, Porto as well. You know, every time we play Porto in a European competition, whether it's the UEFA Cup or the Champions League, I believe we're in the final of that competition that very same year. If someone, if Laura Duffy wants to correct me or not. So it's a great tie for us, Chris. I do see us going through. I think it will actually be Liverpool and Milan that go through from this group, Chris. Wow. Yeah. I, I think really? Simeone might come up short. Yeah, I think it will be us and Milan. Okay. Um that's a bit of a turn up for the books. I didn't think you think Milan. I think Milan are a woeful team at the moment. Hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me. Um, Milan are an absolute shadow of themselves, even last season. If they're relying they, on... F- they were top of the league for the best part of the season. It was just until the, when Ibra got injured. No, I, th- I think they're a, they're, a, they're a good team. Don't uh, sleep on Pioli, their manager. He's um, a very good manager with attacking football. Okay. Pioli has done, well, a, done a good job actually. They've got, job. They've, got, they've, got, they've got some good talent in certain areas. I think their centre back partnership of um, Roman Anti Rabich, Anti Rabich is a good player. Teo Hernandez at left back is a good player. Frank Kessie. Frank Kessie is a good player. I mean, they, they've got they've got sort of sprinklings of good players. Um, Rafa Leal as well up top, a, yeah. another good player. I like talent. I like the look good of talent. him. You know, mm. well, I, I, I mean, I don't know, I, ahead of Atletico. Come on, guys. I mean, is I think Avi just spoke with his hipster head on. Atletico mm-hmm. were the standout team. We're talking about Madrid and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Atletico won the title. And I'd say they're possibly even stronger with they the should... signing of Depaul. Um, mm-hmm. Who DePaul else? Was signed? Kun- yeah, Cunha. Mm-hmm. I'd say they're stronger. Um, you know, it looks like they're only letting Saul go. It's a big call if you guys think Milan. I just want to quickly read this out uh, f- Thank you, Mr. Dare I say drift with my mate Callum's picture on. Come on, you need to change, switch that up, man. You're better than this guy. <laughs> Whoever you are, man, putting my friend's picture up as your Avi, man. But the only, he says, the only Chelsea players getting into the combined 11 from Chelsea is the fake silver, Kante and Lukaku. Be honest, and I think the game will be 1-1. Fair enough. Um, your group, Connor, talk us through your group. What do you think? Um, I mean, it, firstly, I want to say I'm envious of your group. I mean, you've got hard of- teams. In terms of away days, I mean, come on, you guys got Porto. Sweden ain't bad for you guys. Sweden ain't Mil- bad. It's a nice. Milan, what is it? Porto, Milan, and uh, and Atletico Madrid. Yeah, come on, they are three of the best away days you can ask for. That's a proper Wonder, Champions League group, right? Petersburg is a nice got a area in Russia. Malmo is a nice area of Sweden, and then you're going yeah, to Gasparini's nice. at Atlanta. Yeah, he's Malmo, about, he's about, yeah, he's talking he's about to Champions League. Malmo has got. Malmo back in the 70s and 80s, they used to be in the Champions European Cup. They used to grace that competition. Come on, let's have some respect. Come on. It's, the, it's 2021, my brother. Come on, Malmo in the 70s. Yeah, he, he does these ones. You know, you, you'll get used to it. Actually, you won't. You won't get used to it. Trust me. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean... I, I, what do you make of our group, Grizz? I think it's a tough one, Avi. I genuinely did think it's a tough one, but I like that because this team again and again and again has proven 
to, to enjoy the big nights. The big nights are back, man. Like mm. fucking hell. Champions League nights at Anfield packed. Mm. They'll be fucking shitting themselves more than us. All those teams that we've drawn will be thinking, fuck, why us? Why Liverpool? Like poor Porto, as you said, it seems like every season you said, like we've, every season they've been on our, on our route, we've reached a final, you said, or something? Yeah, when we played Porto in a, whether it's the UEFA Cup in 2001 or Champions League uh, 2018 and the one, the year that we won it in Madrid, we've played Porto along the way. So yeah, that's a good omen for us. Yeah, oh, look, as, as, as Ashley says, after last season, I'm just glad we're in a Champions League at all. Okay, okay. I mean, who would have thought 12 games to go, we're even going to reach the Champions League? Not that, you know, it was mental the way we've done it. But, you know, as I said, people, um, I want to ask you guys very quickly, because it's a tough one, you know, favourites. I think it's so hard to... It's play. open. I think it's open this year. And I think last year was open as well. I think this year it's open. I think the season before last when Bayern won it, I thought I think everyone knew that Bayern were the top team that season. I thought yeah. they were just built for the Champions League under Hansi Flick. I think this season, again, similar to last season, it's open. I think it's an open format. Chelsea won it. Did we expect Chelsea to win it? I was just going to say, Lampard when was the last time a favourite actually won the Champions League? Like From the start... To the well, Real, Real, they're, they're, Real they're quadruple. Real won it what four and four and you know four in a row. They, I think Bayern were the favourites. They must have been the favourite for the third. Yeah, were Bayern, were Bayern the favourites when they won from the start? Yeah. From, from actually, yeah. To be honest, they got oh, rid of them, they didn't weren't. they? Yeah, they from the start. Yeah. Under Flick, they wouldn't have been wouldn't have been favourites at the start. He no, was still got, relatively unproven. They'd got rid of him, and he came halfway season. Yeah, I so, think it's a tough one. I, I don't, it's I don't open. It's open. It's open. I think, I think I think PSG have to be in the picture now. Yep. Uh, Man City have to be in the picture now, just on the basis of the signings they made, and then us and and Chelsea. Yeah. Us two teams, we we will be in the picture, right? Like it's it's a it's a it's a magnificent season to look forward to. A PSG City final would be something. I know people hate the oil stuff and the money and whatnot, but that would be some final. Ronaldo at City, if that happens, Messi at PSG, Poch first Pep. In a final, especially after their Spurs and City semi-final sort of a quarter-final game that they had previously in the Champions League, that would be some game. Mm. That final, there would be some game. Well, I think it, the way the transfers happen and, and and the way possibly more madness in the in the five days remaining, I think it set us up for a proper season, man. We're back. Football's back. Crowds are back. Excitement levels are back. Big transfers are back. Do you remember we missed big transfers as well? Um, it's an exciting season, and and we're going to be here throughout the season to, 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 to sort of talk about it and give our opinions. I mean, I can't fucking wait. Um, Avi, is there anything else that you wanted to, to, to say or discuss? Just uh, three things quickly. Um, listen, I put a comment up there earlier on about Alonso. I didn't know that Marcos Alonso was involved in a car accident. I legitimate, legitimately thought it was to do with Fernando Alonso in Formula One. So I apologize for that. Also, Andy Quinn, he's a Liverpool, um, he's on Twitter, but um, I think the end is near for him. So prayers and thoughts for him and his family. And also Sienna Steps, guys, let's get Sienna to St. Louis, I believe, in America for a treatment where, you know, should be there by November. That's the target and LFCDT forward slash Sienna. So please um, let's uh, push that forward. And oh, Grizz, um, uh, you've got a YouTube channel, I believe. So congratulations on that. Hope it's growing. Hope you unveil your video soon. Um, so we're looking forward to that, Grizz, and hoping uh, to see what's in store for it. Yeah, that should be good. Should be a bit of fun. I've got you on the technical side of things, so ha- things can't go wrong. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Look what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Well, you know, every day he tells me, leave it to me, I'll handle it. Leave it to me, I'll handle it. 
and you've seen the results, right, Connor? So I, I need I say any more. Um, but I don't know even how he's going to close this. So um, I'm looking forward to Avi trying to close this. So look, look, he's panicking now because he's realised he's got to close it, right? <laughs> but Connor, um, I know you're back tomorrow with the Sports Unplugged, aren't you, with Avi? Mm-hmm. Um, what you got lined up for us tomorrow? Or can't you say yet? Yeah, I mean, we'll keep it confidential, keep the people intrigued. But, I mean, there'll be our usual uh, coverage of the Premier League fixtures and a little bit on the FPL as well. Um, Some sort of gems in there and we'll update the people on our current standings. We're having a little bit of a battle. Uh, We've got some Formula One to talk about as well. Belgian Grand Prix returning on the 29th on Sunday. Looking forward to that. It's been a nice nice break. Kyle, and Kyle from Cobbish will be joining us. Um, we're going to be discussing some UFC topics, some two big topics that we want to talk about. Obviously, one which will involve Conor McGregor, and there's another one that we'll be talking about. So it'll be good. Tune in, guys, if you can. I know it's Friday night. Everyone wants to go out and party, but if you can tune in, that would be great. Chris? Yep. Yeah, so, so you know, if if uh, if you kindly want to subscribe to my channel, it's Chris Khan. Uh, simply Grizz Khan. Khan, give it a subscribe. Oh, and your Insta don't page. Your, your Instagram as well, isn't you? Yeah, don't worry about that. Let's not, you know, <laughs> let's not, you know what I mean, like relaxing it a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it should be a bit of fun. I think uh, Cathal Robinson asked for transfer news. I'm afraid there's literally, from a Liverpool fan's point of view, there's absolutely nothing. I, sell? What about uh, sell? Anything to sell, sell on you guys? No, I, since I said to you, there's been nothing after that. I haven't heard nothing. So it went all quiet after that. So that was about three weeks ago, I think it was, where I heard something. There's mm-hmm. been developments. Since then, we've gone totally quiet on it. Now, unless they've confirmed it and agreed the deal behind closed doors, we'll find out. But I think it's gone totally quiet on that front. Uh, I genuinely think, unfortunately, the, the situation, as I understand it, is we're relying on Origi going. If Origi goes, then I think we'll bring one in. Otherwise, I think Jurgen Klopp is very happy with his squad. Who are we to argue? Hey, as much as we'd like signings and whatnot, I think Jurgen Klopp um, is happy with his squad. Unless, as I said, unless an attack, another attacker leaves. But listen, guys, it's been magnificent. Uh, we've gone way over time. But Liverpool and Chelsea, so much to talk about. It's been brilliant. Thank you, everyone, for for viewing and listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been Carnage. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.